Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Who, who here knows and loves Pastor Eddie Tate? Yeah? Who, who would raise their hand and say that they've been impacted by his life? I mean, I asked him for permission to share this and he asked his mum for permission that I would share this. But did you know that Eddie was conceived out of rape? His mother was a young lady when she was raped. He doesn't know his dad, he never has. Chances are he probably never will unless the Lord reunites them. But she wasn't even a believer, but she chose life. And when we asked her if we had permission to share this, she said, not only do I hope you do, not only am I okay with you sharing it, but I hope you do. Because if it changes one person's mind, it's worth it. We've got to believe that our God is bigger. We have to believe it. He is bigger, amen? And I, for one, am so grateful for Eddie and for Megan, and I can't imagine this church, I can't imagine our lives without them and the impact that they have had, and I am so thankful that life was chosen. So this morning we are gonna dive in and we are gonna talk about the pursuit of meekness. The pursuit of meekness. Now I shared um, a similar message to our extended leadership team about two years ago, um, but as I was writing a different sermon, I felt the Lord just, just speaking about this again to me and especially in the climate that we're living in, I just feel like this is something that as believers, that we need to learn how to cultivate the spirit of meekness in our lives. And Matthew 5, 5 in the New King James says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. It's a pretty, pretty, pretty big promise, wouldn't you say? That the meek shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 5 in the message translation says it this way. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. That's meekness, being content in who you are. No more, no less. And not just because Jesus preached these words, but Jesus himself was meek. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, he says, I implore you from the meekness and gentleness of Christ. The meekness and gentleness of Christ. So we know that Jesus was the very epitome of meek. We also know the fruits of the Spirit, and you probably have a song about it from Sunday school, if you ever went to Sunday school. But we know in Galatians 5, 23, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But that word gentleness right there is translated as meekness, as meekness. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So if the meek will inherit the earth, then I would say it's in our best interest as believers to learn how to become meek. Amen? 
Before we break down the meaning of the word, I just wanna look into the context in which Matthew 5, 5 was written. And this is um, a portion of Scripture that is known as the Beatitudes, uh, which is translated as the Blessings. And some people say that it is the Beatitudes because it is given to a believer as the Beatitudes, the attitudes in which a Christian should be. So these Beatitudes, they tell us that we are blessed when we mourn. We are blessed, we're blessed when we mourn with others. We are blessed when we are poor in spirit. We are blessed when we are pure in heart when we are merciful, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, when we are meek. We are blessed when we are persecuted for righteousness sake. I wanna say that again, you are blessed when you are, per- when you are persecuted because of the stand that you take for righteousness. Not only are you blessed, but you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And who knows that in this day and age, we need to take a stand. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. And I don't know about you, but I'm standing with Jesus. And I'm taking a stand on this and I am not allowing culture, a broken culture, to dictate my theology. I am allowing my theology to dictate my thoughts towards culture. In the Beatitudes, Jesus sets forth the nature and the aspirations of citizens of the kingdom, which is you and I. That every believer should have and constantly be praying for these character traits and constantly praying for the fruits of the Spirit to manifest and grow in our lives. And so we need to be praying for this spirit of meekness. See, they're not just suggestions for the Christian believer, a pick and choose menu. Like, I'll choose long-suffering, but kindness? I'd rather just complain and mope around and suffer long. (laughs) And I'll just leave kindness for the joyful people. (laughs) It's not a pick-and-choose menu. (laughs) The fruits of the Spirit are available and are designed to be a part of every single believer's character. It represents the character of our heavenly Father in whose image we were created. Let's look at this word meek. We're gonna look a little later um, at why it's so important for us to learn how to become meek, but let's look in the English dictionary. These are the words that describe meek. Quiet, gentle, Submissive, easily imposed upon. I don't know about you, but when I think of those words, I kind of add my own. I think timid, shy, weak. That's kind of what those words sound like to me in the English dictionary. Maybe a doormat, someone that gets walked upon easily, a pushover. But that is not what the word meek means. Biblical context, see, it's impossible sometimes to translate these ancient Greek words to mean just one English word. But this Greek word, parous, say that with me, parous, well done, it means strength restrained. 
strength restrained. In ancient Greek, the meek person was not passive or easily pushed around. The main idea behind the word meek was strength under control. Like a strong stallion that was trained to do the job instead of running wild. Matthew Poole, who is a, an English theologian, says this, the meek, he can be angry, but restrain his wrath in obedience to the will of God, or will not be angry unless he can be angry and not sin. He is not easily provoked by others. Who wants a little bit more of that in their lives? I live with young children. It's their day job to push each other's buttons, to provoke one another. <laughs> but isn't it happening also amongst grown-ups in the world? People are just pushing buttons, seeing who they can provoke. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be so meek that people cannot provoke me. I will be provoked by the voice of God, but I will not be provoked by people. That is a meek person. F.F. Bruce says this, the men who suffer wrong without bitterness or desire for revenge are those who are meek. The men who suffer wrong without bitterness or desire for revenge. Isn't that our Jesus? Isn't that our Jesus? Wasn't he done wrong by when he was hung on a cross? Do we think that he could have taken himself down off of that cross? 100%. But some of the last words that left his mouth were, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He was done wrong by and held no bitterness or desire for revenge. In Matthew 26, 53, Jesus says to his disciples when he was being arrested, do you think I cannot call on the Father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? That's 10,000 angels. Jesus was the epitome of strength under control. A meek person before God will submit to his will and conform to his word. A meek person before men knows they are strong, yet they are also humble, gentle, patient, and long-suffering. I wanna look at this concept a little bit about what we previously talked about, that this word parus, is like a stallion, a strong stallion that is trained to do a job. This word parus was used often to define horses that were trained for battle. Wild stallions were brought down from the mountains and broken in for riding. And some were used to pull wagons and some were used to race, but the best of them were used for war. The best of them were used for war. They retained their fierce spirit, their courage and power, but were disciplined to respond to the slightest nudge or pressure of the rider's leg. 
See, they could gallop into battle at 35 miles an hour and come to a sliding stop at the sound of a word. These are not weak creatures. They're not pushovers. They're not passive. They were not frightened by arrows, spears, or torches. They were horses that were said to have been meeked. As centuries went by, the secret of training these animals was passed from the Greeks to the Romans, then to the Moors, to then to the then to the Spanish and the Austrian. And you can even find some of these animals still alive in Spain today in the way that they were trained back in biblical times. To meek horses were to take them from a state of wild rebellion and made completely loyal to and dependent upon one's master. It is also to be taken from an atmosphere of fearfulness and made unflinching in the presence of danger. Who would like a little bit more of that? I mean, if you're on social media, you need a little bit more than that, of that. Unflinching in the face of people and their opinions and the names that they're gonna call you. Some war horses dove from ravines into rivers in pursuit of the quarry, and some charged into the face of exploding cannons as Lord Tennyson expressed in his poem, The Charge of the Light Brigade. The war horse was the epitome of strength restrained. Power under control. Sam Watley says, when Paul speaks of the meekness and gentleness of Christ, he is describing this kind of obedience. Jesus did not suffer on the cross because he was a doormat. He went to pay a price that had to be paid for all of us. He marched into hell to keep you away from it. He marched into hell to keep us away from it. Wow. Talk about unflinching in the face of fear. We also are to demonstrate power under control as believers. We can withhold our passive aggressive comments. That's the Christian way to criticize someone is passive aggressive. We can withhold our malice and our judgments in the comments that we write. We can be the first to apologize. That is not weakness. And we can love and we can serve people well. All of the men and women in the Bible who had the spirit of meekness were among the greatest servers there were. Because they understood when they are strong, then their natural response is to bend down and help bring people along, help pick people up, help serve people. Didn't Jesus say that he came to serve and not be served? A wild horse, so here's a little bit of an Australian education. In Australia, we call those brumbies. Say that with me, it just feels good. Brumbies, right? Has anyone here watched The Man from Snowy River? Oh my gosh, wow. 
you guys, this is, wow, well done. I was sure that no one would put their hand up. <laughs> not because it's not a great movie, um, but I mean, it's Australian and it's made in the 80s. And um, yes, if, if you haven't been around many Australians, you may need subtitles. But I would highly recommend that you watch that movie. It's such a great movie. I love it. I don't know when the first time was that I watched it, but I watched it not too long ago. And it's this story of these wild horses, these brumbies, and um, this cult, this prized cult that some man paid a lot of money for. He escaped and he joined the wild brumbies up in the highlands of Australia. And this one young gentleman, he went after them. He was one of the only ones brave enough to go after the wild horses. And not only did he bring the cult back, but he reined in the entire herd of wild brumbies and he brought them and its leader, the black stallion, uh, in and they began to train them and use them. And it's just a beautiful movie, so I, I highly recommend that you go and check it out. Have grace for the quality. It was made in the 80s. <laughs> Um, but see, these wild horses are just that. They're wild. They're unpredictable. They hurt people. You cannot bridle their mouths. You cannot place a bridle on a wild horse. See, they're always in protection mode. They're always in defense mode. Their strength becomes dangerous because they have no sense of control. We are in a war, whether we are aware of it or not, and Christ leads us forward into battle. And I don't think it's any mistake that last night, Dylan, fabulous word, by the way. Who was here last night? Did you appreciate Dylan's word? Great job. Dylan mentioned it last night, Joaquin mentioned it in worship this morning, but in Ephesians 6, 12, we do not war against flesh and blood. We don't war against flesh and blood, which tells us there is a war. And we can engage or we cannot engage, but make no mistake, you're in it whether you like it or not. And my question for us this morning is, are we like war horses? Fighting a common enemy, not people, our strength restrained by our master, obedient to the voice of God, one mission, one cause. Or are we like wild stallions fighting to protect ourselves in the kingdoms that we have built? Running around with unbridled tongues, hurting people, unpredictable, self-preservation at all costs. I don't know about you, but I know what camp I wanna be in. But it takes the spirit of meekness to have strength, to recognize your strength and then bring it into submission to Christ. Now this is a little bit of a plug for um, the men's conference. Todd Pierce. <laughs> um, you know, we have Danny Silk and Jeff Collins coming for the men's conference as well, um, who are spiritual dads of Joaquin and I's, and we just love them so much. They are good, 
dads to us. We are on the phone with them. They encourage us. They um, speak truth over us. They prophesy over us. They give us great advice. We love them dearly. I have never met Todd Pierce. And so I went onto YouTube and I YouTubed him. And um, as Stacy mentioned, he breaks wild horses. But what his ministry is, is he'll be in a corral with a wild horse. And most of these horses come from, because I was asking, right? Because Stephanie, bless her heart, had to go and find two wild horses for this event. And I'm like, where do you find a wild horse? Like, I don't know. So apparently uh, in Texas, you find them in, um, in shelters because a lot of times these animals have been bred but then abused or they've been neglected, they've never been ridden. Um, some of them have scars on them, branding on them. They do not trust people. Let's put it that way. People have done them wrong. They are wild in every sense of the word. And so in August, we have Todd Pierce coming and what he does is he stands in this corral with one of these wild horses and he has a microphone on and he walks you through the process of breaking a wild horse. But as he does, he weaves in his testimony of how God took him from wild to meek. And as I was watching it, and listen, ladies, also, can I just say, when they were telling us about this, that this was happening at the men's conference, I'm like, ah, uh, hello, what? Uh, we need to see this. And so we've actually organized for there to be a church-wide um, time that Todd is gonna be with the whole church after service on a Sunday. And we're gonna go 10, 15 minutes from here to a corral and he's gonna break a wild horse for the whole, whole church. So we don't miss out, ladies. <laughs> um, and, so, and so he does this and he weaves in his testimony of what God did for him as he breaks in this wild horse. And everyone's like, you just cry like a baby when he's doing it. It's the most powerful thing ever. And I was watching and I'm like, this is pretty. Like, this is, you know, great. And then he said this and it got me. He leaned over to the horse and he said, I'm not going to steal your strength. I'm going to show you what to do with it. And I believe that is what God is saying to us. I'm not going to steal your strength. I'm gonna show you what to do with it. Aristotle said that that word paraus means a person who is one who has virtue of the mean between two extremes. If recklessness were on one end and cowardice on the other, Parus might be characterized as steady courage. For example, a meek person doesn't shy away from taking a stand. Rather, the stand is taken at the right time with the right people. Where am I at? In the right way, he or she submits or constrains power for greater effect on self and others. I mean, I'm already convinced that I need to be more meek. I don't know about you, but it doesn't feel like that's such a, um, a shy, weak, timid kind of person that I imagined it might be when used with the English definition of this word. But a war horse trained for battle 
who can respond to the slightest nudge of the Holy Spirit. A person who can run straight ahead into battle, but will stop from one word of God. That is what we need to be like, amen? Unflinching in the face of fear. Some of the functions of meekness in the believer are it helps us to develop self-control, which is another fruit of the Spirit. It helps us to develop self-control. It enables us to be humble in spirit. I'm not talking about false humility. I'm talking about true humility. I once heard Pastor Bill say, I'm not sure if you've heard him say it, but um, he was at a gathering and uh, worship finished and the worship pastor came off and he said to the worship pastor, he was like, that was great. I mean, you did amazing, great job. And the guy goes, oh, no, 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 it wasn't me. It was all Jesus. And Pastor Bill was like, well, it wasn't that good. (laughs) He didn't, in the kindness that Bill operates in, he didn't say that part out loud. He just thought that part in his head. He's like, well, you were good, but you weren't that good. We can't steal God's glory. And if we think we can, we don't have an understanding of how glorious He is. A human being will never be able to steal the glory of our King. But it is okay for you to have influence. It is okay for you to have favour. It is okay if the world looks to you and gives you recognition, as long as we give it back to Jesus. Meekness enables us to be humble in spirit, not to shrink back or shy away, but to be all that he created us to be and then turn around and say, it's all for you, Jesus. That's true humility, is actually living to your full potential knowing that it's by the grace of God. It allows us to be teachable. This is so important. It allows us to be teachable. In a day and age where you can find the answer to anything by a click of the finger, we all think we know all things about all things. We have to remain in this posture of teachability. And I don't care how old you are. You could be 99 years old and there's still something for you to learn. We need to posture ourselves in humility and allow the Lord to teach us and allow people around us to teach us too. You know, when criticism comes, I ask the Lord two things, whether it's constructive criticism or it's just mean criticism. I ask him the same question at both times. I'm like, where is the truth in it? God, is there any truth in it? And if there is, show me so that I can learn. Show me so that I can learn. And sometimes there's truth in it. And sometimes haters just gonna hate. (laughs) I don't know. That didn't really feel right coming out of my mouth. I'm not sure. (laughs) But... (laughs) But some people are just going to hate you because it's their favorite pastime. And they're just mean people. (laughs) But you know, we can even learn from them. 
I'm in the South, obviously. I'm a female preacher, obviously. Hello and amen. I got you, Becky. But you know, I I want to know truth. And so before, when I first started preaching and I heard all these people, women can't preach, women aren't allowed to preach. I'm like, oh, I'm like, God, is that true? Like, is there truth in that? And so I started reading my Bible and I started reading not only the Scriptures that say that women can't preach, but the Scriptures of Jesus empowering women also. And I read both sides of the story, those who are for women preachers and those who are against women preachers. And I came to the conclusion that God uses women. And I heard His voice and I know His call on my life. So now that I have that conviction in me, I don't care who says what to me about female preachers can't preach. I'm like, you know what, take it up with God. I don't have time. I do not have time. I am in the middle of battle. I'm not gonna put my sword down and fight my own team. But I do wanna remain teachable. And so the point of that was, before I knew and truly had a grasp of the theology and the understanding behind women being preachers, I went and did my research. I went and sought the Lord. I'm like, God, is there truth in this? Am I disobeying you? Because I don't need to do this for my own sake. It takes a lot of time to straighten this hair. But I truly don't. But I will do it if he's telling me to do it. (laughs) We have to remain teachable. And when criticism comes, we have to remain in a posture of God is there truth in it. Even if it wasn't delivered in the most gracious way, is there truth in it? Because I want to learn. But these are things that we should constantly be working toward and praying into our lives to have self-control to be humble, and to remain teachable. I want us to look quickly at Moses, because I believe that this key of meekness is demonstrated in his life and that we can learn and apply it to our own lives in order to live lives obedient to the Lord. In Numbers 12.3, in the ESV version, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all who were on the face of the earth. Moses was the meekest man alive. The meekest man alive. And in Psalm 103.7, he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. In Psalm 25.9, some translations use the word humble and others use the word meek. I'm gonna use the word meek. The meek he guides in justice. And the meek, he teaches his ways. The meek, he guides in justice. Anyone wanna be more effective in the justice that's going on in our society? Let's get more meek. And anyone wanna be taught by God his ways? Let's get more meek. (laughs) 
Moses, the meekest man in all the earth, the strongest but most restrained man in all the earth. He had the ear of the Lord. He had a friendship with God. He had face-to-face encounters with God. And when a whole group of people, when all of the Israelites were called to go up onto a mountain and they were scared and said, no, you go for us, lest he consume us, he went. And he had a face-to-face encounter with God. If we remain meek, he will guide us in justice. And if we remain meek, he will teach us his ways. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna just know about God. I wanna know him. I can know a lot about Joaquin without actually knowing him. I can know a lot about my God by reading it, but not actually know him. Isn't that what religion has done for us? Implored us to read a book, but never actually step into the encounter that the Holy Spirit has available for us to know the living God. He still speaks, he still guides, he still teaches. And if we will remain meek, In spirit, he will do it for us. I want us to stand up and I just want to pray over us this morning. That we would be like war horses. Not wild stallions whose tongues run wild not unpredictable and out of control, but strong and powerful people who are under submission to our even more powerful God. Because then we will inherit the earth. Then we will inherit the earth. If we wanna go after these justice issues, if we wanna take a stance, then let's get meek. Sometimes we make it so much more complicated, doesn't it? It has to be. Like he gives us the answer. He's like, you want the earth? Be meek. Those things that you're pressing in and praying for, the shifts that you wanna see in culture, society, you want that? Be meek and I will give you the earth. So Jesus... We love you. We love you, Jesus. And Lord, I ask this morning that you would teach us, that you would impart to us the spirit of meekness. That we would not just be wild, tossed to and fro, but we would be under the heavenly guidance of our King Jesus that we would move when you tell us to move, that we would do what you tell us to do, that we would be unflinching in the face of fear. And God, I thank you for your promise that we will inherit the earth. 
when we learn to be meek. I ask that you would do that in all of us, that you would do that in me, Jesus. Make me meek, just like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.